0: It's Zach Eady with Purdue Men's Basketball, and you're watching Boilers in the Stands.
1: Welcome back to Boilers in the Stands. Following Purdue's victory in Maui, a seventy-eight to seventy-five win over Marquette in the final, a game that came down to the end. Purdue had a big lead and they lost it. I am your host, Joe Jackson, and we are joined today by special guest Ben Kaladzinski. Yeah, you got it. That, that's close. There we we'll go. I, was, I, was, I was worried about that. Match, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, it's
0: all good. Nice to see you, Joe. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, appreciate you filling in for uh, for Brags in that today. Um, obviously Purdue comes off, you know, they went, they beat three of the top conservatively three of the top 15 teams in the country, back to back to back. Uh, Just, I guess your instant reactions. We'll just go right there from this, from this game, from this tournament.
0: So, so, first and foremost, look at the murderer's row that they went through this entire week. It, it's been incredible. So the number 11 team in the nation, the number 7 team in the nation, the number 4 team in the nation. They were really on a roll here. But what's more impressive to me than just the fact that they won these games, it's the ways that they won them. Uh, they played only one good half uh, in, in the first game. Uh, they they really had a slugfest, one of those win-dirty, kind of muddy, murky type games in the second game. And then this game was kind of a a Uh, a back and forth affair where they got to actually play their offense a little bit, but also uh, they got up big. They were up by 15 points, but then they lost that lead and it showed a lot of resiliency for them to come back and be able to, uh, to finally win at the end there.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with all that. For me, I think um, my like biggest takeaway from this and we're going to get into all the players and all the breakdowns in that right, or right after this, but when you look at last year's team, you can kind of pinpoint November and be like, that was the best basketball that Purdue played. That that PK-85 right. was probably the three, three of the best games, if not their three best games on the season. It does not feel like that right now. This team, although they just beat three of the top 15 teams in the country in, in different facets, this is not their – they still have a couple levels to go. This is not the best Purdue will be this year, um, and I'm confident in that. And I think that gives me even more excitement than just them winning is that there's just room for them to grow. There's room for them to grow defensively, offensively, like everywhere. And I am excited to see where this team goes. But more than anything right now, just, you know, excited that Purdue wins. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. I know that there's going to be a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of the March comments on Twitter and stuff like that. But for me right now, it's that's not something that Purdue can control. All I can do is, is win games right now. And, and that's what they've been doing.
0: Absolutely. And, and keep this in mind. Purdue is going to be on Monday, the number one ranked team in the nation. Uh, I mean, there is no other team in front of Purdue. There is no team in the nation that's been more impressive. Now, we've said that before. The last three years, we've been uh, the number one team in the nation in in November uh, or early December, depending on when it was. And so, you know, we're three-time national champions in uh, November. Hang a banner, whatever, you know. But the bottom line is what's different from this team versus last year's team and the year before that team is – this team hasn't peaked. Like you were saying, this team has a lot of flaws that they're still working on. And it's kind of an embarrassment of riches right now that they have played in many opinion, kind of poorly in certain circumstances, but they're still beating some of the elite teams in the nation. That is an incredible position to be in. You really need to make sure that, uh, that uh, Purdue kind of keeps moving forward, keeps uh, filing off those burrs and make sure that they're a, a fine oiled machine. And, and, we're looking at a very, very uh, tough team here. I think they're going to be very, uh, very explosive here once these uh, these little these little intricacies work themselves out.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So um, there's a lot to get into. We can kind of um, I don't know if, if you have anything else right off rip that you want to just mention, but if not, we can kind of get into some of the players and some of the individual breakdowns. Uh, it, but we will bring the stats up sure. here.
0: Yeah, let's do that. And, uh, you know, one thing that I want to say before we get into the stats here, and I'm sorry about, uh, you know, throwing you a little curveball here, is I think we need to recognize and realize how good Marquette is. Yeah. That team is excellent. That team very well could be a Final Four or National Championship caliber team. And this was a high-level game, and the, the basketball game that we just witnessed was an incredible contest. That is every bit of a Final Four game. Every bit of an elite eight, you know, deep tournament situation, national championship level game, and uh, just to show Purdue that they can do it—that's that's an excellent
1: situation. Yeah, hundred percent. And even you know, Tennessee is Tennessee's another team that very easily right. be in the final four. Gonzaga, yeah. like I know that they haven't had a championship per se, but they're always they're always liable just to go on a run. Sure. Um, and yeah, this this really this team won in. Probably more or less three different ways. Mm-hmm. You had the first game that was just a dominant second half from from. You got a lot of contributions. Second game was what it was. I don't know if it was basketball or, or what, but <laughs> it's a uh, professional wrestling match. Yeah, exactly. But super physical. It, um, lots of free throws. Just a you know super long game. And then you have today where it's hey, it's Zach He's the best player in the country, and it's not close. And right, it's the way that he dominates. Like I know it, it's our running joke on here is that we just don't talk about zacket a lot because it's like what is there to say other than hey he's really good at basketball but just we'll get into the stats 28 points 15 rounds, right. two blocks of steel he did have five turnovers um two of them i think two or three were definitely on him two of them i don't know if they were necessarily mm-hmm. him um but yeah just does just dominated the glass even though right. last i know he missed the free throw to end but getting that <laughs> off like, um the way his like he missed it really bad off the glass. So Marquette couldn't get out and really run. Like just right. getting that off of Gillis, if he doesn't get that Marquette gets out and runs and uh, Purdue's transition defense was not good in the second half in, in general. So just right. make a little play. Just, it goes back to Purdue being able to get a shot onto the rim is so critical because of how good Zach Eadie is. Seven offensive rebounds um, and let's see. Marquette had five total. Zach Eadie had seven. Um, right. And, yeah, like it looks like we we're joined by a special guest. He's uh kind of new to the show. We're we're trying him out, seeing if uh, maybe he can be a somewhat. You know, we'll bring him on. Maybe some and, and Brags uh, doesn't have a camera. I don't know if he has audio. Hi, Greg. Uh, well, um, a little technical well, difficulties. Yeah, there we'll for let Greg. him figure himself out if it's <laughs> uh, But yeah, this is this is just a. a big thing there are there are some definite concerns sure. um and, and i think you know the defense will be one free throws is one um these guys were gassed i think all oh yeah half. oh yeah and pretty much everybody um you saw like defensively i think jones was fine but he also had a guard colic so like colic's gonna do what colic does mm-hmm. i don't think sprain was good like pretty much the rest of the guards i don't think were necessarily good um, you saw Painter did not trust Colvin or Heidi at all in that second half, um, and and just kind of resorted to Lawyer because although he wasn't good defensively, he was right. giving something offensively. Um, that's an interesting balance that uh, Painter's going to have to strike of of offense and defense because he could have gone than if he wanted defense, but um, you know, went with Lawyer right. to kind of stick on offense and yeah, I don't know, it, it's an interesting thing. I was trying to stall a little bit for Braggs, but he's not there, so. Um, well, he knows how
0: to get a hold of us if uh, if he wants to get in he, here. So, uh, But I, I think it was, it's interesting what you have said here is that uh, with how good lawyer has been on offense the last couple games. You know, let's be fair here; he struggled a little bit in, in some other games here. But uh, on occasion, he kind of looked a little dicey on that defensive end, oh, yeah. right? Uh, but what he does is he is a calming force to this offense. Even you know on the occasion where he doesn't make his shots, he does calm this offense down. He's another outlet. He normally makes decent passes. I know he had a couple turnovers here uh, in this game. Uh, he brings a lot of intangibles to this offense that a lot of other players on this team can't.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And that's been my thing with, with him is like, as of right now, there are things he just does on the court that Colvin can't do. Um, And defensively, like, I don't think right right now, right now, I don't think Colvin's better defensively. And then maybe people will get on me for that. But, um, but then there's, like I said, yesterday, like yesterday was uh, the lawyer bounce back game. And and Mm -hmm. that was amazing. There's also going to be games where it's not his night and it's going to be Colvin's night, or it's going to be Heidi's night. Like this is a team that has 10 players that painter in some capacity trusts. Um, Mm -hmm. I see just a ton of the comments are ripping the rotation and stuff like that. And and even though Purdue did win, not saying that there's no, you know, you can't call out uh, criticisms and things like that, but Purdue did win still 78, 75 wins Maui um, have, what a week off till texas southern on tuesday then two games of big 10 play and then it's the alabama and arizona back to back saturday so brags has tried a couple times to get on here i don't think it's going to work we're going to no. add to the stats perfect uh, purdue purdue wins 78 to 75 i'll kind of i'll do my best brags impression and read through some of these uh Edie, like i said 28 points 15 rebounds did have five turnovers smith 18 uh, points four six shooting five rebounds five assists Excuse me, Lawyer, 10 10 points, two boards, an assist. Uh, Jones, 11 points, one assist. Team Purdue in general shot 10 of 21 from three, uh, seven and nine in the first half, capped off by the Lance Jones three, which, hey, Purdue one by three. Would you look at that? Um, Again, very few bench points. Uh, Gillis is the only one with five. Part of that uh, is just heavy minutes from the starters in general. Uh, Marquette goes five of 17 from three. They were very cold in the first half marquette 17 assists to only 14 from purdue Uh, purdue dominates the glass 36 rebounds to 23 they have 13 offensive rebounds compared to five and that leads to 20 second chance points for purdue compared to four for marquette um is there transition there's not transition points here but i believe it was like 18 to 2 marquette's 11 steals for marquette which is why they got a bunch of transition oh there it is fast break points 16 to 2 yeah marquette was able to generate a lot of live steals so those, I think, are some of the main ones. Cole goes for 22, 7, and 6 because he's one of the best players in college basketball. Cam Jones goes for 17. Iguodara goes for 16, and I don't think he missed a floater the entire night. Um, after, <laughs> right. after, after turning out all those, is, does anything kind of stand out to you?
0: So... Here's what I noticed. My eye test told me, A, that Kolick is a tremendous ball player. You could just tell by the way he moves and the way he kind of is graceful and coordinated out there on the floor. And I think, and this is going to sound wild, but holding him to 22 points is, is a bit of a... Um, a bit of a, a successful situation, you know, you never say, Hey, uh, their, their stud scored 20 points, but that's a good thing. But the way that Marquette looked fatigued, the way that Purdue looked fatigued, you oftentimes rely upon your all American, just like Purdue did with, with Zach Eady. Um, you know, so you, you kind of go to the old reliable and for them is Kolek, you know, he's, a, he's an all American and, um, you know, towards the end, you could tell, and if, if you're watching on television like the rest of us, uh, they would zoom in on Colick's face, and he, he was, like, kind of dying. He was like a zombie out there because they were fatigued. Three high-level games in three days in a jet lag situation is a very difficult thing to do, and um, so I got to give props to that, but also um, I, I really want to kind of, Prop up Lance Jones for what he's done today and what he's done so far this season. It's a huge deal. Him hitting that shot at three quarters court into halftime completely changed the momentum of the game. And also, hey, it ended up being the difference in the game. If you uh, you know play that that th- three points out, you know, towards the end of the game, you know, just a, a throwaway shot ended up being essentially the difference in the game.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, for me, I think some of the stats like that that stand out. Um, obviously the shooting stands out and, and we can look at the first half, second half splits at some point. Sure, Marquette was just really good. Uh, I getting downhill, getting shots and pick and roll, which will be one of the concerns. Yes. ED 28 and 15. Just, uh, I, we cannot say it uh, enough. Like he, sh- he Braggs, I think we've all been like, um, and Braggs has pointed it out the most, I think, but we've all kind of been like, Hey, uh, E.D. hasn't been, like, dominance, even though he's putting up, like, 25 and 13. And it sort of felt like that tonight, except for the second half, he was he was dominant. And it wasn't typical, was. pure just post up, back to the basket, get to the hook. It was get on the offensive glass, um, get the ball, kind of wait people out, and then just make his move from there. So uh, that, that's those are the big things that stand out. I think the second chance points kind of relates sure. to that. Transition points for Marquette just because of all the turnovers. Um, we can yes. get – or if if you had something, go for it.
0: No, you know those those turnovers are a big thing. But I wanted to make sure that we highlighted Edie a little bit. You know, I watch every one of your guys' shows, and we like we're used to Edie kind of being the stud out there, right? Uh, but we have to keep in mind, and and Billis uh, Jay Billis, I'm not a huge fan of ESPN. I'm not a huge fan of you know kind of how their deal was, and they definitely were um, uh, kind of propping up Marquette uh, throughout this game, and, and kind of uh, making sure that that. Uh, uh, Marquette was getting uh, maybe a little extra respect this game, but um, Billis actually uh, highlighted the fact that Edie's getting massacred like every play. Yeah. I, I, that's not a verbatim quote from him, so I'm sorry, uh, uh, Billis. Uh, but the bottom line is Edie's getting killed, and he got hooked and held, and uh, you could see that kind of fire in his eye turn, like it just, like the pilot light was lit. The very next possession, what was uncalled, was another hook and hold, and they didn't call it. Um, and then the very next possession, Edie threw three men off of him and dunked the ball hard. There's something to be said about being that alpha out there on the floor, right? Like you kind of just say, Hey, yeah. All right. You're tough. I'm tougher. You know, let's get out there and let's just get it done. And he, and he went cowboy man and he took care of it. And that's what you want to see from your leadership. Sometimes you just got to get after it. You got to take the game over. And that's exactly what Zachary did in that second half.
1: Yep. hundred percent. And he got, you know, lawyer and Smith Jones, they all made some plays. Um, but it was, it was 100% ed show. And just even defensively, it wasn't his best night, but there you still see some times that it's Marquette shooting floaters and not getting all the way to the rim. And, right. and it adds up now Marquette's just, they have a lot of skilled players and they knocked a lot of them down, but mm-hmm. I know just scheme wise, that's what Purdue wants. They want to just get to those yeah. floaters. Um, the only one I don't know about is if Iguodaro they might've, wanted those to be a little more contested, but, um, yeah, just, just a, a really good night overall from Zach. Like sure I've had to play what 36 minutes, I think, um, on, you know, third game in three days. And it's because of how important he is to this team. So, uh, we'll go, I kind of want to hit on, who do I want to, you have anybody you want to hit on for sure next player? Uh, you know, n-
0: I, I I think that Braden Smith was a quiet killer today. I, I think we need to talk about Braden Smith. Can could you show his stat line if you got it handy? Yes. All right. So so Braden Smith there. What was it? So we had 18 points. Okay, that is the quietest 18 points you're ever going to see because Zach Eadie's literally throwing the Marquette Golden Eagles around the floor in in the paint. But um, if you remember last year, Braden Smith it, it, this game against Marquette was kind of his coming out party right he kind of went hot in the second half he hit a handful of threes all of a sudden we're like oh this guy's he's something you know and yep. he, for whatever reason he he's getting to become that kind of that nasty streak in him and, and by nasty i mean like like a good he, he's just being like a wild man out there but he's under control and he's steady but look at his field goal percentage seven for 11 18 points um four for six on uh, on uh, three point three pointers He's just killing it. And that is exactly what you want from him uh, because he's not turning the ball over. He had a couple. Uh, let's be fair. He did turn the ball over. How many did he have there? Let's look. Two. Two? Okay, so a couple. Li- literally a couple for the guy who's handling the ball 90% of the time. Okay? That is... For 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 all how dominant a, a front court all American player is, you need a guard to get him the ball, and uh, that guard got him the ball. But oh, he also scored eighteen points in the process. Incredible game by Smith. I think he, uh, if it wasn't for Edie's spectacular play, Smith's my guy.
1: Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. He was especially in that first half, just so confident getting to his jumper. Everybody was, um, but it hit, got to a couple pull ups still the one turnover for sure he got ripped when Iguodaro hedged and Iguodaro is also just a gifted defender and sure. you could see him you could see egoda just time the swipe um so that's still that's still a concern for me with him in general is what does he do against those hedges but I think he kind of adjusted later in, in just drawing the big out and passing the ball and rotating it from there but yeah um absolutely Purdue Purdue needed everything from him Purdue needed everything they got from everybody but needed sure. all four of those threes for sure. Uh, five assists to two turnovers and just yeah just just calms this team like there's a reason that what brayden played let's see brayden has played in the maui tournament he played 33 35 and 35 minutes like and there's a reason (laughs) because when he's off the floor this offense it's it's just not as fluid it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad but just not as fluid um and i think there's still concerns defensively it just went for every guard on this team pretty much today with me is just like Purdue needs one adequate defender from Smith, Lawyer, um, or even like Colvin if he starts getting like pure like or Heidi if they start really getting into the rotation. Just one more like good perimeter defender. Morn's obviously the guy, but I think you know Painter's not going to play him too many games more than 15 minutes just because of what there is offensively. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brain was Brain was a stud on offense today, 100 percent
0: sure and, and here's the thing there's uh there's circumstances where Braden Smith simply is going to struggle on defense uh he He is a a generous six one right um I, I I think he's listed at six one or six foot whatever he is. let's be honest with ourselves he may, that may be wearing uh a, an extra pair of socks and some basketball shoes when but the bottom line is he can play. But anytime you have a six foot uh, guard and you're going to potentially be going up against a six foot five guard or something like that, that, that is just as quick as you. All right. There's going to be a little bit of a disadvantage there, but he is getting the job done. You know, uh, if we're talking strictly defense, uh, a tough, tough uh, pickup for lawyer this this week. Uh, and you know, his offense carried him back and his steadiness and his trustworthiness here. That that was a good thing. He, but he had trouble closing out on some shots. We, we saw a foul on a three. Uh, we saw a couple of times where it was kind of, uh, you know, getting blown by there as he's making a close out on the three, three point line. It's, it's kind of tough. But then again, uh, you know, we got to also hedge ourselves here. Marquette is really good. These are these are all American all conference type players that they're playing against. There's a reason why they are uh, the top 5, you know, in the nation. Marquette is going to lose to Purdue today and they they did and they're probably going to rise in the rankings or at least yeah. cl- or at least stay the same I would suspect because they've earned it. A 3-point yeah. loss on a neutral court to the presumptive number 1 team in the nation uh, after being down 15 and coming back and clawing back. That's still pretty impressive. You know, the teams in front of them, Kansas lost, you know, um, Purdue obviously won. Uh, Arizona's still kind of in that mix, right? So I could very well see Marquette staying in the top five here, it, it, and it's deserved. If anyone watched that game today and said, hey, uh, you know, Purdue played like, like uh, you know, dog do or whatever, and, uh, you know, and they barely squeaked out a victory, they barely squeeze out a victory against one of the best teams in the nation. We cannot sell this short. Everybody struggles against elite talent. It happens. So, you know, a missed box out here, a turnover there, a, uh, a bad closeout here and there, whatever it is, that is going to happen because those players are just as good as any of the other players in the nation. So we gotta, we gotta make sure that, you know, okay, we saw our little disappointment, but we have to make sure that our perspective is right here.
1: Yeah, there's, I, I think that's the the takeaway for this whole trip is there are a lot of things to improve on. Yeah, Purdue won despite those one Exactly, exactly, and, and that's that's going to be big. So, um, you know, we talked about I, Braden and Fletch defensively, and I think the other issue though was like obviously Lawyer was not good defensively. That doesn't. It's tough. you know, You need to watch a little bit to see that, but right. like Colvin wasn't good defensively, mm-hmm. Heidi wasn't good defensively, and so Painter was into a spot of do you get the offensive lawyer? Or do you try to get the defensive Morton? Um, and he went with the offense and it, it worked out. It worked out right. in the end. So uh, we have, you know, our guy Craig Bowers doing over at media in Hawaii. He's enjoying, I think his flight either leaves tomorrow or today. Uh, it's his last day in Hawaii, but he sent it over some, some quotes. I'll just kind of throw them in throughout right. if We can comment on them. So this one's a quote from Shaka paraphrase. Um, he said, Fletcher and Brayden have even more poise But what makes them special is that even with the National Player of the Year on their team, they have so much ownership. Quote-unquote, they are Purdue, and Purdue is them. And that's 100%. Um, I've made the comment early in this year that um, Brain, without like no question, is the second most important player on this team. If you wanted to make the argument that he's the most important, I don't hate it. Not the best, but the most important. I don't hate it. And I still – I'm maybe leaning away from it a little more, but I still kind of believe that Lawyer's the third most important player on this team Mm -hmm. because if he – like if he gives you that offensive burst, it becomes a different team. Now it's Jones doesn't have to force or now you have brain and lawyer, like two legit perimeter options, take some, some pressure off ed. Um, and, and that's, I, I still just kind of, I think I still stand with that of lawyer being the third most, although I would, I would be more open to arguments on that one brain without a doubt. Second oh, sure second like most important player on this team.
0: Right. I agree. And uh, people need to also remember Shaka Smart is an excellent coach. You know, he's had a, he had his breakout years and, you know, I, I'm from Northwest Indiana. I live up here close to Bragg's, you know, I'm about a half hour away from him. Um, I wasn't with Bragg's during this time frame, but I was at the Shaka Smart game that he kind of broke out. It was in the NCAA tournament. You know who their foe was? The Purdue Boilermakers. And it was an awful day to be a Purdue Boilermaker, but Shaka Smart is an excellent coach. And he knows what he's looking at. And, you know, he, he's he been at, I think, te- did he go to Texas? He was at Texas for a while. Yes, um, so, so he's been kind of bouncing around from different spots here and there. Um, he knows the game. He, he's a smart individual. And he can see that uh, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith are owning, the, you know, they they want this. Everyone wants this. And, and And it's good to get that respect from an opposing coach for sure.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, before we kind of move on with the show, we had a comment. What is Ben's handle on Twitter? Uh, shout out! Shout out your stuff. So
0: yeah, my my uh, handle on Twitter is b r k o l o. So I'm b r colo on Twitter. Uh, I am oftentimes being rambunctious on on the Twitter machine, uh, and uh, I will say this much: it is a uh, my Twitter is more of a a work of performance art uh, rather than being serious. So I I kid around a lot on Twitter, but uh, yeah, it's B-R-K-O-L-O, Ben Kolodinsky on Twitter for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely go give him the follow. Uh, Like I said, we appreciate him coming on. Um, Let's hit on, uh, who else do we want to hit on today? Probably. I mean, we've kind of hit on, I think we've hit on lawyer. Um, One thing also with lawyer is just like, it is the goofiest drives. Like they're never like pleasant to watch. No. But he kind of just gets them to go. He just yes. kind of... and one thing I think he does do really well, and every once in a while it it does bite him and, and it just is like, okay, what's that? But he be obviously not the most athletic. He does a good job, I think, of initiating the first contact and then creating his space off of that. Because sure. a lot of times you see like he doesn't get a foul, but he's like, Flipping something up and getting almost hammered to the ground, and I think it's just right. because he's the one initiating that contact, and he has to, he has mm-hmm. to to be able to get that space to get up the shot because he's not, you know, he's not going over people unless it's Nebraska last right. year and that one. <laughs> play. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's that like, and sometimes it's it's ugly and it's turnovers, but there are times that it gets, you know, it gets the job done and sure. can be a, a counter to uh, teams maybe selling out on his three. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It, it's kind of that counterpunch, right? So let's say he, he he's shot a little bit lower here in, in the first uh, part of the season. It's about 25-ish percent. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. But uh, how, what was it? 32. Thirty-two. Okay, so a little bit higher than what I suspected, but you know, we, we were kind of hoping he'd be more closer to thirty-five to forty. But uh, what he's doing is he's taking the ball to the hole to counteract that because he's respectable enough from three to be a, a tremendous threat. So what's interesting from him is you know people say okay he's not the most athletic. Uh, Joe, you played basketball. I played a little bit, kind of in AAU in you know middle school, early high school, whatever. Um, the the ability to get Contact in air. know your spatial awareness and keep that balance and finish uh, oh. is tough. It's a hard thing to do. And it's the type of thing that uh, I'll tweet on on Twitter. Hey, uh, what is, you know, the circus is open, the circus shot, you know, because you see somebody kind of flipping around, throw something up in the air, you know, kissing off the glass, floating in, you know, and like that was that was luck. But we've seen it enough from lawyer taken to the hole this year and last year that he knows what he's doing. And he is effective doing that. He's uh, a deceptively agile and uh, um, capable uh, uh, driver to the basket.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like it's it's something that I think thinks a little overlooked, but he does contribute. Uh, that's where I'm hoping like Colvin eventually gets. And obviously, right. when Colvin does it, he's going to be so much more athletic that it's going to ah, look yeah. way better. Like sure. uh, excited to see him develop that kind of part of his game as well. Um, another guy I think we have to hit on is Gillis. He played twenty four yes. minutes and. Um, we have so we have, you know. I, I, are you familiar with the rotation uh, chart? We I
0: well, you, you've. I watch it every every game. I watch your guys' show, and I see a lot of colors here. And I kind of you explain it every time, uh, but I, I can never follow. I'm Polish, after all, so I, I get lost often on uh, uh, complicated things like this.
1: So yeah, basically, for anybody that you know, if you're new to the show or whatever, this is just if the simplest way to look at this is if the box is colored, that means that they played for that minute on the floor. And so if you look at the last eight minutes of the second half, minutes 12 through 20, um, they went with this, you know, Painter went with the same five and it was Gillis at the five or at the four. Um, And I think just the combination of somebody mentioned in the comments, uh, you know, some, some good hustle plays. It may not show him the box score. He's going to do that. Uh, Let's see. Did he have, he had no turnovers today. Cause that was his thing yesterday was just,
0: uh, yeah, the slippery hands. Yeah. 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 You're kind of missing some catches here. But you know what? He's a good athlete. And he, he, we know he can catch. You know, sometimes you just kind of get in your own head uh, with those little things, uh, you know, just like, and I don't know if you're if you're paying attention to the football, uh, you know, but Tyrone Tracy uh, had a couple muffed fumbles uh, from a kickoff and a punt, and he kind of got a little rattled, but he worked his way through it uh, last week. So it's very similar with Mason Gillis. That guy's a competitor. He's a good athlete, and, uh, you know, tighten up, tighten up those hands, and he's doing fine.
1: Yeah. One thing with him, too, and I think I mentioned it yesterday, is he's continuing to be – more willing to put the ball on the ground if he needs it. Yes. Um, like, if he needs to take one dribble to get to a jumper or just kind of keep the defense in rotation. He did it a couple times against today. Even if the shot doesn't fall, I just like seeing right. that because it's like, that means he's confident and he's willing to go sure. out and make plays.
0: A, a point to add on to that, to kind of dovetail off that, is he actually looked for a shot today. Uh, yeah. often, oftentimes in the last, uh, well, pretty much almost the entirety of the season, it, him shooting has been rather due to necessity other than, you know, to create. And, and it was almost like, it, it seemed like his confidence might've been off, uh, but, you know, cause we've seen him light a, a, an arena up against Penn state. What did he score? You know, nine threes or something like that. Something wild. Yeah. And, uh, the, the bottom line is, that today he showed a little more aggression, a little more kind of, you know, hey, I I'll, I'll hit that pump fake. I'll take a, a a dribble in and I'll shoot that 17-footer. Now, he didn't hit a lot of the 17-footers, but when he hit that uh, that three, my my son and I are watching the game. He's home for Thanksgiving and we're watching the game and he goes, "Oh, Gillis not only not only nailed that three, but he shot it with confidence." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is good news."
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, We have, you know, a couple more players we can hit on and then get into some of the other stuff. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor uh, from BJ Rule. Purdue graduate and current Lafayette resident, BJ Rule has close to 15 years experience helping buyers, sellers, and real estate investors in Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, give BJ a call or text to set up an appointment to see how he can help you accomplish your goals. Your home will likely be the most expensive purchase of your life. Have the experts with Rainey and Company at Keller Williams on your side and let BJ help you navigate this process. Call or text at 317-345-4600. Appreciate BJ and reigning company at Keller Williams for sponsoring this show. Um, This kind of on this Maui tournaments is it's been a fun Maui tournament. So um, bring up the stats one more time. I like, we don't really, I don't think we need to hit too much on the bench guys. We kind of hit Colvin and Heidi didn't play because of uh, just painter, not trusting him defensively right Right. now. Um, Ethan's probably the one that's getting the most, I would say you you could see the reason why he would play more for that Uh defense. If they were to take out lawyer, um, did airball the three, but took it again in confidence, which is still important. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing. I think that's the the thing with Morton. And I love, I love Ethan Morton. You're, you're, there's too. not too many people that are more pro Ethan Morton than me, but it is just, it it does become truly that defense to just ignore him um, and, and they just right. give him the space. And when you right. have Edie that needs to get the ball with some sort of space, um, he's just, you know, that that's it's the reason offensively that he's just not out there oh that brings me that does remind me of one um kind of critis- uh yeah criticism whatever on Edie, sure. um observation is i understand when he gets the ball a lot of times you know purdue cuts through and he has to wait to kind of clear out he wants to read the defense mm-hmm. i did think there was a few times in the second half that he missed like just catching and going uh, um yeah some of it might have been he was just he figured there was less space than what there was but I, especially down the stretch. I thought there was a couple times that Purdue had to force a tough three in the last five, six minutes, and um, maybe Edie, it would have been a little bit of a force from E.D., but I thought he, if he just went right away, he would have had at least a decent shot, and a decent shot from E.D. Is, is better than a bad shot from the perimeter, I think.
0: Sure. Uh, very well could be. So here's the thing. Um, uh, were you a post player when you played? You're, you're pretty no. tall. I was no, our you were, center,
1: but okay. we played a five out. I only Put shot a five those. out.
0: Okay. Fair enough. You got you're nice. a big man that can shoot. Well, you know, that's a, that's a valuable thing. So, um, so I was an undersized uh, three. So I was very strong. I was a football player. So when I was playing uh, in the post, I was pretty skilled. The, the problem is you only can feel. Who's behind you? You can't actually see where your where your lane is. You're only feeling. He's leaning back. He's seeing where the where the pressure is being applied to him, and then he's re- reacting to that. You know, oftentimes you you know you don't know what's behind you. So, like you said, did he have an opportunity to maybe hit and go like Jawan Johnson used to back in the day, and just kind of you know sweep in and take care of it? Uh, he probably did. He probably did. And the good part about that is Matt Painter's going to sit him down in the film room and go, "Hey, look." You know, you had this opportunity here. You didn't know it. Let's see what we can coach you up on to make sure you feel it when it's there. And, and and listen to how ridiculous that what we are saying is. This human being is just kicking everybody's ass out there on the on the floor. And we're going well. He could have he could have done this better. Like like I mean, like, listen to us assholes. You know this yeah. guy knows. I mean, but the bottom line is, you make an excellent point. The the good thing about this Purdue team, and it's kind of been the crux of, of everything we brought into this part uh, to to this point, is this team has not played a good entire game of basketball yet this season, and they're going to be number one ranked team in the nation, and they are going to have the best resume in all of college basketball, and they still haven't put it all back together, or they haven't put it all together yet. That's incredible. Yeah. It's an embarrassment, yeah. and, and, and like a, a good embarrassment, an embarrassment of riches. And uh, Matt Panter's doing a good job. Uh, we just need to make sure that we, as fans, don't get a little too overheated and overconfident here. That uh, you know, November national championships—we've been there the last right. three years. All right, let's yeah, let's well, see how this goes forward.
1: 100%. Gotta just keep keep playing the games in front of you. There's gonna be a hiccup at some point. Sure. Like Purdue's not gonna be perfect on the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it excites me that Purdue is winning, but there's still so many things to improve right. on. Um, I kind of want to hit on the defense in general. We've kind of hit on the individual. Like you know, we already mentioned the guards and things like that, right. and, and Marquette hit a tough bunch of tough floaters. Um, there was just there was just some miscommunications. Uh, you uh-huh. when Marquette went on that run, it was three or four wide open buckets in a row, basically because nobody communicated. Uh, uh-huh. The only one where it was even somewhat was Gillis closed out on Cam Jones to because Cam Jones is a shooter, forced him to drive, and nobody's there to help. Nobody's so there to help, couple, right? Yeah, a couple where it's just jones and lawyer got caught up on a switch or not and, and just no communication it felt like um marquette credit to them they like purdue runs probably the best action in the country marquette might run the second best action in the sure. country and if you want to say the best shirt sure. um so they like the painter always says it right it's like you you have your game plan but you're playing another team and marquette right. did good stuff to put purdue in those spots but at the same time If we're talking Final Four and March Madness, like that type of run, um, those are things that got to be tightened up. You can't you can't afford to have those mental lapses of four minutes in when it comes into those types of games.
0: You can't. And if Purdue wants to be this elite team, which they they currently are by the definition of of where they're at, these mental lapses and these sort of things is something that they're going to have to continue to tighten up. We are kind of spoiled in the fact that this team, this core has been together for multiple years. So we can tell when they are not communicating because we've been watching them for, you know, I've been watching Purdue for almost 40 years now, but the us as a as a fan base, we know this team like the back of our hand, which is why when uh, opposing fan bases say, oh my God, all they do is get calls. Uh, see the, the free throw differential and we're like, you know, tell me you've never seen Purdue football or Purdue basketball without telling me you've never seen Purdue basketball, because that's been the story here for the last, you know, better part of the last decade. But like you said, uh, this team is too mature to, to allow communication lapses and these long stretches of, of negative uh, opportunities, but also keep this in mind. Communication is is actually a skill. And with any skill that you have, it, it diminishes when there are, when you're fatigued and, yeah. Three nasty games on on jet lag, and they've been they've been you know uh, eating poi and looking at girls in, in grass skirts, hula dancing, and you know whatever, enjoying their time. But you know it, it, that does wear on you. These have been three of the nastiest games that Purdue's going to play all year, and we played them in the span of three days. Yeah, that's that wears on you. Tennessee turned this into a battle royale. These these young men are going to be iced up and they're going they're going to need to just kind of relax. They're going to need this Thanksgiving holiday and be able to carve up, you know, get some protein, you know, some turkey or whatever it is, and just be able to thank God that they can relax for a day or two because they have gotten their asses kicked. And it's it, but the, the, the bottom line is it's a wonderful world where you can get your ass kicked, but still win. That's a yeah. wonderful situation to be in.
1: 100 um, percent. Yeah, I, I think. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to hit on defensively, and I'll get the we'll go we'll go two days in a row with the board. Oh, sweet! I was hoping we would get the board out. Yeah, yes. we, we can we can go to it. Uh, um, <laughs> I thought you know Marquette is very very good offensively. they' I they are very 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 good offensively. Ken Palm has them. This updated after today's game. They are the fifth best offense in the country. Produced three for offense and six and defense, by the way. Um, But one thing that I think Purdue just hasn't done a lot this year, which is surprising me, is when teams run, it's called just an empty pick and roll. Um, Does that show up? It does. Cool. And so what an empty pick and roll is, is say the ball's here, right? You have your defender, and then you're going to have a guy set a screen. You have, this is Edie, this is Jones, Braden, whoever. Um, Then it's going to be spaced out more or less like this, right? So Purdue generally will have a defender here. They provide some nail help. And then this guy's going to be here so this is an empty pick and roll um if, I, if at any point you can't see this well just let me know you're,
0: you're looking good you're looking uh, clear right. and handsome so it's a good thing
1: let's go so an empty pick and roll is because there's nobody in this corner at all right usually when you run a pick and roll up if say this guy has the ball then you know this guy will be setting the screen here and this guy will be kind of here so there's somebody in that corner empty pick and roll nobody's in this corner and what a lot of teams do, and Purdue did a lot last year, and they just haven't done as much, is it's called icing the screen. And so what that is is this defender is going to jump out here. He's going to be here. And so as this screen is set, this defender is forcing this ball handler to go this way. So now you have your big – and your, especially unless it's like first maybe. Um, Edie's always going to be in a drop right here, right? And so he's kind of helping the ball. Um, usually they'll flip the screen so then guard has to fight over. Uh, there's my eraser. But what Purdue has been doing, which has been surprising, is they have not been icing that. They have not been forcing sideline, and they've just kind of been playing it straight up. And so when that happens is, you know, you have your screen here, and he's, you know, ball handlers coming here. You have Edie and drop here is now this guy can either roll. Uh, You saw the pop mm -hmm. a couple times from Gold who didn't make any. Um, And this guy, especially if it's like Kolek, now he's getting here. He has this entire court to work with, all of it. Whereas if when they ice, he gets here and it's kind of more contained. So um, I thought they got burned a little bit on that just because, you know, Marquette also is good at hitting these types of shots, but just getting good looks in this paint and, and time. Then if you help, it's a kick out from Kolek or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just something that I'm, I'm going to keep watching going forward. So like I said, what they're not doing is icing the screen, which is forcing For sure. sideline when there's nobody in that strong side corner. Um, I, yeah, it was, I've, if if uh, maybe next next game at media, I'll ask I'll ask Painter about it. But sure. um, yeah, just something I, I noticed that I wanted to kind of call out. I thought it was interesting and something I'm on going forward.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting point that you make there. And uh, so the terminology that that you that you were using, I was unfamiliar with, but the concept I kind of picked up. Okay. So so here's something that I've noticed is. We, Everyone has said it ad nauseum in the last few years. The the efficient shots in basketball are the dunks and the threes, right? or open, uh, you know, threes that are that are in good shape. Those are the two things you want because it all works out. What you don't want is that 13 to 15 footer that uh, you know is kind of floating around the basket because it's the mo- it's the least efficient shot in all of basketball. It's worth only two points and it's only a fraction better percentage than shooting a three. Okay. So you have a situation where uh, Purdue is playing this uh, pick, uh, the screen action, he- head up or straight up, like you, like you had mentioned, to kind of force them into that 15-foot jumper. And then they hit the snot out of those jumpers. They hit them all day. And it's it was kind of incredible. It's like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, shoot that. Yeah, oh, he made it again. Yeah, you shoot that uh, one more time, kept making it. So it's almost like the inverse of that. Maybe there are players that are learning the art of the mid-range jumper just to counteract the, the defenses are, are forcing them to take these mid-range jumpers. I, I yeah. mean, maybe this is like a reverse uh, like conspiracy basketball theory that they're like, well, if they're going to give me that shot, I might as well be good at it. So, but today Marquette was really good at it and I, yeah. I'm not sure if, if that's how painters just like, he's going to live with them or, you know, cause those are tough shots. It wasn't yeah. like uh, the Gonzaga game where they were taking, you know, hail Mary shots at the end of the buzzer uh, for the shot clock and having them fall. The, these were almost by, Hey, you're going to give them to us. We'll take them. And uh, for a while there, they got real hot and it ended up being a problem
1: yeah and Painter said like in this those are the shots they're going to live with right um in terms of the defensive coverage i i I don't think i pointed out quite as well as i should have is the biggest thing with it is yes it's going to force some 15 foot jumpers which is good it more is just it allows the point guard to then have literally the entire court to work with Mm -hmm. instead of just a fraction but yeah Yeah. the pick and roll coverage in general like that's what purdue wants to do they're going to force 15 jump foot jumpers 18 foot jumpers you're going to have a couple people, you know, the Jalen Huchifino game last year, obviously, is, oh, yeah. is when they come to mind. Um, there's going to be guys that are able to do it, but it's still just like a bed of, hey, especially in college where obviously the players are skilled, but it's not the NBA. It's not the NBA right. level talent. Um, you just aren't going to come across that many guys that consistent, like where they hit that jumper so much that it like really puts fear into you. So, um, but yeah, I, I the defense has been, I think, Solid for the most part, I think they still have another level they can get into. Um, so sorry, I've been my throat's been so dry these past few days, and, and I'm not trying to cough into the mic.
0: Tis the but season it, for uh dry weather for sure, yeah, and then yeah, it's, it's
1: uh, especially this, this past few days, it's just gotten to me. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see, we, we've hit on pretty much every player, you know, I think the only one we probably haven't is. I guess we haven't talked about TKR and in, in first. Right, right. Um, Gill Gillis played more of the minutes at the four today. Uh, we'll, I'll pull up the rotation again. You see, TKR played five in the first and six in the second half. Um, yeah, I thought he would, that first in was probably one of his best stints of the year. He knocks down a three. He gets a post right. up to go. Um, I, what he he had he had a board. He had two assists. Um, defense just wasn't, I don't, it just wasn't the matchup for him defensively. Mark, right. Marquette was so much on the perimeter and so fast. Like I, I just think that's probably the biggest reason why he didn't get minutes first. I don't, I think first is probably, he was more of just painter was rolling with Gillis and less of first, um, unless I'm, I could be totally missing stuff and you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I don't think he had a bad game. He had a couple turnovers, so that could be it too. Um, I guess yeah nothing really stands out to first and that might be just right. the reason why also that gillis got those minutes well look at
0: the matchup <clears throat> you know don't get me wrong uh, first is a, a tremendous player you know he's, he's six foot nine six foot ten or is he six eleven uh, however tall he is he's awfully tall he's he's good athlete, and he's able to kind of play a little bit of an inside out type scenario uh, not quite as inside as tkr not quite as outside as as you know a like a, a true stretch four. um the thing is, though, this Marquette team is a bunch of six foot seven guys, and one six foot nine guy is their center. So his ability and his the matchups really doesn't necessarily work. And the same with Trey kaufman Wren. We've noticed the last few games when Trey kaufman Wren is the featured five, or the, or a a featured situation four, he goes to work and he scores. Yeah. Um, it's similar circumstance to, he, to here with with first he, when he's more of a a stretch for it works out for him. But the matchup on defense against this explosive Marquette offense, it wasn't really the right fit for either of those individuals. But it was the right fit for Mason Gillis.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, that's totally fair. And the spacing on offense is a big thing too. With hey, when he has got to go, and like you want to provide him as much spacing as possible, and that could be a reason also why Morden. Uh, didn't get those those minutes down the stretch either of just painter was trying you you had a good thing going with Edie. Um, And just trying to feed him the ball. And with that, you want to provide as much space as possible with that. Um, If everybody, you know, we have about 200 people live right now. We appreciate everybody tuning in. If you, uh, you know, can just give us a like, if you aren't subscribed on YouTube, do that. If you're listening after on audio, you know, five-star reviews, things like that. Just, just help us out in general. This is our third show in three days. Going to have them, you know, every, after every game, have some interviews throughout the year. So if you are enjoying, uh, please like, and subscribe. Just, just helps us a lot. so, yeah, oh, Michael Davis brings up who won the signed ED jersey. Uh, we're putting out a tweet tomorrow about who won that. Um, I know we, 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 were, we said a couple days ago um, it just it hasn't happened, but we were putting out the tweet for sure tomorrow about who won. Be on the lookout for that. The, um, the Boilers
0: and the Stands crew have been pretty busy the last couple days. So uh, they'll, they'll get that out there to you guys.
1: Yeah, 100%. We, we, we promise we will. <laughs> um yeah so we're i know we're kind of getting closer to the end probably sure. of the show uh, is there anything in general in terms of maui um in terms of like more of the individual games that you kind of want to just throw out there um you know it kind of the
0: boilers in the stands folks so i i'm a, a quote-unquote rival media member right even though i've been friends with these guys for a bit um the 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 one of the things is uh, the boilers in the stands, they guess the team up. You know, they, they brag on the team. They, they get them. You know, we're fired up. Gr- uh, Brags is a ball of frenetic energy. You know, mm-hmm. he's like Chris Farley and uh, Tommy Boy. He's ready to go. Um, the thing is that uh, we should probably be, probably be pretty proud of this team right now. There is no reason not to be excited. There's reasons to be cautiously optimistic, but there's no reason not to be like, oh, yeah. We got some shit moving in the right direction. So whenever you you talk to some of these media folks, so I, I get uh, in, in my stuff with with ISC Purdue, I, I kind of get a lot of the yeah you're 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 100 positive. You're always you know trying to you know you you try spinning a, a positive story out of a three and eight football season, you know, and <laughs> getting me to do that. But the the reason we do this is because we are fans of the team. Right. And, and just because, you know, I, I'm also a, a media guy, uh, it doesn't mean that I can't really kind of be be a little bit gassed up. So I, I think it's important to realize that we can we can be proud of this team and we really should be. If anyone here thought, yeah, Purdue's just going to storm their way right through the Maui Invitational with that uh, lineup and, and and win it there had to be some doubt in your mind, at least a little bit. You know, I thought they had a good a shot as anybody to win this tournament, but we have the right here as fans here to be like, Oh yeah, they, we accomplished something today. our is it our main goal was our goal for this season. We're going to win the Maui invitational. No, yeah. uh, no. You know, was, is our goal this year. We're going to win the big 10 championship. I mean, yeah, it, it's a goal every yeah, year exactly, to do yeah. that, uh, to win the big 10 tournament champion. Yeah. That's a goal every year. Right. Uh, there there's, obviously bigger prizes at the end of this season that we're kind of hunting for. Uh, But until then you can still pet uh, this team, Matt Painter, these players and all the fans that went out to Maui and spent, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of thousands of uh, dollars to, uh, to go uh, out there to Hawaii. Um, But they showed out for the team. Be proud at least for a few days. Don't let it get to your head. Don't get cocky on Twitter. Don't start, you know, putting gifts in the uh, opponent's uh, um, official uh, Twitter account for basketball. No need for that sort of stuff. Just put it this way. We uh, we should be proud. Enjoy this. This is an important situation, but also there's room to grow and there's plenty more uh, of uh, potential uh, uh, successes and outcomes in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to just reiterate what I kind of started with. And I think we mentioned, and you just kind of hit on is right. like this team won three really tough games against really good opponents. And there's just so much room for improvement. Like right. Purdue is going to be ranked number one in the AP poll. Uh They're number one in Kempom. Like they're, if they're not number one in the country by most power rankings, they're number two. Right. Um And there's just, there's a whole nother level. This team really can get to like, as I think some of the, the, you know, Colvin and Heidi have shown spurts as they start getting more and more comfortable and it becomes more consistent. Um, it is kind of the rotation of first TKR Gillis gets more figured out and, and TKR gets more comfortable both as the four and maybe when he's in with first um, they're defensively like getting just better defensively against pick and roll in general, mm-hmm. like Edie can only do so much got to have some guys on the perimeter. Like there's just so many things also just the, the up and down three point shooting. I mean, Purdue is, Mm-hmm. Purdue is the 18th best three-point shooting team in the country right now at 40.8%. It doesn't feel like it. I'm gonna oh, be honest, it. doesn't. It does not at all, but they've gone 47%, 26, 23, 47, 35, 55 Um yeah. or reverse that order, but the 55 right. is the Sanford game. But yeah, like it's uh there's a lot of things to improve, and this team's still very, very good. Like that is huge. So I guess we're we're like I said, we're kind of getting near the end of the show. Sure. Um, We've hit on the the Maui tournament. I'm curious, mm-hmm. is what do you aside from Purdue? There's things to improve. Um, is there anything specifically that you're like, oh, that kind of interests me, like going forward with this team?
0: So to be honest with you, I want to see more development on the defensive end. You know, we, we kind of know where they're at on offense. Uh, you know, like you just said, they're kind of a mercurial three point shooting team. I'd like to see a steady you know, 35% as opposed to a uh, 22% and then a 50%, you know, and kind of bounce around. Um, but, you know, that's okay. We kind of know what's going on there. But uh, we've said from the very beginning, uh, one of the biggest issues with this team is athletic ability, at least from compared to last year, the athletic ability and the um, how that's going to meld and, and how does Purdue get more athletic, get more stronger, get faster, jump higher, all that stuff. So we have some players on our team. We've got the Miles Colvins. We've got the uh, Camden Heides. Uh, these are really good athletes, but they're not quite there on defense yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the old adage is, uh, if you are a top twenty offense and a top twenty defense, you're more than likely going to the Final Four. That's how the, that's how the that's how the numbers have jived for the last you know ten years. So, you know our our. Uh, uh, Dave Kovich at ISC. He's a uh, a big numbers guy. He knows all about this stuff, and he's he's kind of drilled it into our head. Is if you are good at you know those two things in the top twenty, you're in really good shape statistically to go there. That's my goal, and I think that they're going to be there on offense. We got to make sure they get there on defense.
1: Yeah, and um, I and mean, Ken Palm has them number three offense, number six defense. Obviously, with only six games, it does right. factor last year's in a decent bit. They were number twenty-four. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot improved defensively. We're also like Edie was dominant in the second half. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen an Edie 40 minute game, I don't think yet. Right. Like that's going to come at some point. Uh, also, just guys getting more used to playing off of Edie and, and knocking down shots. Like I said, Jones getting more integrated both offensively and defensively. Jones is elite as an on ball defender yes. right yes, now. Yes, he like, is. He's really, a menace. Really yeah, he's I'm a menace. I love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> One hundred percent. There's just in terms of between him and the guards within the scheme of hey, are we switching that? Hey, what's kind of just some of the coverages? He's sure. only played six games for Purdue. That's going to come. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun. They got Texas Texas Southern next week, and then it's Northwestern and Iowa um, Friday, Monday uh, Big Ten games. So that at North that at Northwestern game is going to be the one that opens up the Big Ten season. Mm-hmm. Last year, Purdue goes to Northwestern. They lose by four or six or whatever it was um yeah i'm not a big fan of that game yeah no nobody really is on the produce side (laughs) of uh the the physicality of that game um northwestern has been solid this year they're four and one they beat Dayton, um but they haven't been great i don't think but what they're going to do is they're going to have their scheme they're going to I expect from their side, like last year, we'll see what the, the reps right. do and, and what gets called or not, but it's going to be if physical.
0: If their coach can grab one of our players while he's uh, trying to make a cut, yeah, we'll see how all of that works out.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're going to be <laughs> physical. They're going to double team Edie on the catch in the post. Um, mm-hmm. They play a small ball four in Brooks Bronerheiser. who has been really good. He's like having a double double. He's good. Uh, but can, you know, Purdue just dominate the glass with their size? Those are going to be some of the things I'm looking for there. Not overlooking Texas Southern. Obviously got to take care of business there as well. Um, but, yeah, are you, we, you know, we, we appreciate you coming on, kind of filling in. Of course. In. Of not course. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. We'll definitely get you back on at some point. Great. Not sure exactly that'll be, but appreciate that. Um, do you have like thoughts on the Big Ten season in general as we we start wrapping up?
0: Yeah. Um. To be honest with you, I'm not saying this because I have been a uh, you know a fourth generation Purdue student and uh, you know I am a diehard one of these types. If you're not looking at the landscape of the Big Ten right now and not thinking that Purdue should be the favorites. Uh, with the way some of these teams have struggled, you're fooling yourselves. And the only thing that's going to stop Purdue is Purdue right now. You know, I mean, obviously, let's, let's not talk into, you know, weird ether things, you know, injuries and yada. Let's not bring that up. The only thing that's stopping Purdue right now is Purdue. Uh, because every single team, other than the Boilermakers right now in the Big Ten, has, has shown uh, major um, issues, major gashes in that armor. So... Um, But that's not to say that over, you know, a 20-game Big Ten season, that thing you can wear down, uh, familiarity breeds contempt, right? So these people know Purdue. uh, The the whistle is a little bit different in the Big Ten, um, which is one of my theories as to why um, Big Ten teams don't win national titles in basketball. Um, But also this team is designed to succeed in the Big Ten. So hopefully that continues this year.
1: Yep, 100%. And uh, it, it's going to be theirs to lose. It's right. not the ultimate goal for this team, but at the same time, you got to set yourself right. up for March. And that's going to, that yep. winning a Big Ten championship can do that. Um, like you said, every, really every Big Ten team in some facet has kind of been like, hey, uh, what, what's going on there? You could, mm-hmm. like, we'll see how many bids this league gets as of right now. Um, and Rob White brings up that we still have, you know, Purdue still has Ken Palm number four and five teams on neutral courts in Alabama and Arizona back to back Saturdays. Like excellent point, Rob. Two more really good non conference Mm -hmm. games.
0: Absolutely, really good point, Rob. That's that's excellent. So, you know, this is incredible. The situation that Purdue has has done Uh, already the success that they've had in this preseason or uh, this pre-conference season. Um, but, but Rob's point is, is absolutely real. You know, if you remember last year, Al- Alabama was considered the best team in, in the nation for a big chunk of the year. Um, Arizona right now, it, they, they have a legit claim to probably the number two spot in the nation. So in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, it very well could be uh, number one versus number two in, um, was it Gainbridge Fieldhouse or Market Square Arena or whatever it's called nowadays. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's an excellent point, Rob.
1: Yeah, 100%. And we'll find out. I just pulled up Arizona's schedule. They beat Duke by five at Duke. The other four games that they've won are, are by games, but uh, their schedule, you know, they go neutral against Michigan State, home against Colgate, home against Wisconsin, uh, basically in a row game at Purdue, and then they play Alabama. So that's, that's, we're going to find out what yep. Arizona is really about in these yep. next five games. Um, Alabama has – man, this, Alabama and Arizona are both playing a lot of Big Ten teams. Alabama plays Ohio State, then Clemson, Arkansas State, Purdue, Creighton, and then they play Arizona. So um, these are two teams that Purdue is going to be kind of in the midst of their tough stretches of the season. I don't know if that will factor in at all either. But, um, yeah, to kind of recap and just just finish this off overall is, hey, Purdue won Maui. They just yes, they did <laughs> the top uh, 15 teams or whatever three of the top 10 teams per Ken Palm, right? Or 11 teams per Ken Palm right now. Um, this is, this is a fun time. Like I know yes, there's going to like March is always going to be in the back of Purdue's heads, Purdue fans minds and rightfully so. But at the same time, they just, they just won what people or what a lot of people are saying is the toughest, like, um, you know, November tournament, basically in history is most stacked tournament ever. Purdue was the team three straight games against really, really good teams and they they get the win in in three different ways. And that's huge.
0: Yeah, it's huge. You you can't ask for anything more. Um, Purdue seems to be making all the right types of history and some of the wrong types of history. Uh, Hopefully that they continue to make some of the right types of history going forward in this season, because they, like you said, they just won the, probably the greatest offs off-conference season tournament in the in the history of uh, of these tournaments, and is it's it's insane, and, and and it's they they did it. Don't get me wrong, there there was some struggles there, and I had to pace around my living room and piss my wife off because I'm screaming at the television and the dogs getting scared. Uh, but there were some tense moments. But the bottom line is this: uh, they did it. And uh, they didn't do it necessarily easily, but they did it easier than a lot of people thought they would have too. So yep. very very impressive week for the, for the boilers.
1: One, 100%. I'm uh, going to bring it back really quick to the sure. Lance Jones, three quarters court. Heat. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Purdue does win by three. Also, this brings me to the side note before I get to my main point is like, if I'm a Marquette fan, I might be saying right now, like, Hey, we, we probably win that game more often than Purdue. It was, it was a, it, back and forth. I think there's an argument sure. either way. It was it was a it was a close game that deserved to come down to the ends. Uh, but our guy Craig Bowers at post game media. By the way, if you want to, you know, a lot of tweets and clips is going to be on our Twitter Definitely. at Boilers and Stands. Definitely go check that out. All the coverage that Craig has done this week in, in Hawaii. Obviously, he's enjoyed his time in Hawaii, but has done a lot of good work that we do really appreciate. Um, he asked Painter about the the Jones three quarters heel. <laughs> yeah. For anybody that wants the that needs the background, is. You know, in a couple of post games ago, Painter said that he wished Jones wouldn't shoot from like Crawfordsville, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and, and Painter said that if that one, you know, if his normal threes were from Crawfordsville, then either this one was from the region or South Bend. He wasn't quite sure directionally which one it would have been, but <laughs> hey, that's fair that's would be a huge three.
0: Yep. You know, uh, from from my neck of the woods up here in the region. Yeah. It was in incredible. So you know, we uh, my my son and I were we were you know all right, hey, all right, going to go into the half up, uh, you know, eight points. All right, cool, whatever. And then I'm like, "We, we it's God's honest truth." And I, I'll put it. I got a Bible in the bookshelf behind me. I'll put my hand on it and say this. I said, "Ah, eh, you, what is it? Two and a half seconds. You got two dribbles and a shot. Give it to Lance Jones. Let him cook." And then all of a sudden, you know, dribble, dribble, shot, and, and we're like, "No way, no way!" And and of course it gets buried, and we, you know, we piss the dog off because we start screaming, and you know, my wife's rolling her eyes at us again and all that stuff, but um. Very cool moment. Very cool play. It's something that we're going to remember forever. Shots like that don't happen that frequently. So keep that in mind. It's a pretty rare I mean, one.
1: I was thinking, like, that's probably the longest shot I've ever seen live. Yeah. Like, I, I've yeah. seen some, like, half quarters and stuff for sure. But, like, I don't remember, like, a that was, like, an 80% of the court almost. Like, that was a yeah. full three quarters. Uh, yeah. Fair I, to. I think that's the longest shot I've ever seen. And he, he – Chuck that thing up in the air. That wasn't like a bank in. It was a that was coming straight down in the rim.
0: Well, and you saw the kind of touch he had on it because it actually rolled around the rim a couple times and went in. So, so he had a little bit of English on that. So I got to give him credit. He meant to do that.
1: Yeah, he must have. He he (laughs) definitely called that. So uh, yeah, we've hit on everything now. Like I said. Um, Craig's going to have a bunch of the post-game stuff over on our Twitter. Some of the stuff maybe makes its way to YouTube, which if you are watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Um, if you are listening on audio after we are on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcast, definitely check us out there. Thanksgiving's coming up. You got car rides, things like that. Kill an hour with with us uh, talking some Purdue hoops. So um, appreciate Ben you coming on Thank again you. once again. Just let everybody know where they can find you on yeah. Twitter and, and all that stuff.
0: So uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, check check me out uh, for Twitter at colo. That's at brkolo. Uh, I write weekly articles at ISC Purdue uh, Indiana Sports Coverage Purdue. Uh, their Twitter handle is at isc underscore pu so check them out Uh, and if you're in northwest indiana check me out at uh, lakeshore public media 89.1 fm i i do a a seasonal uh football show radio show and a uh seasonal television show for them up there and uh you know all of that while uh, still getting all my purdue fix in and uh, raising a family and petting my dog every night, so um, I appreciate yeah. all of this and, and thank you for letting me on, Joe. And, and thanks, Sprags, and, and thanks, Craig. You know, I, the, the, all of you guys are my buddies. I haven't seen you guys in, in a few months yet, but um, j- just thanks for having me on. And if you ever need me again, I'll be more than happy to come back.
1: Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Um, real quick, because there was a good comment. Rob White said, "Lost in all this, is how big of a tip in Edie has with a minute left." We don't <laughs> yeah. need to talk about it because we're, we're wrapping up. But yeah, that yeah. was. Just Excellent. another reason why Edie was so, so good and why it's so important to get a shot on the rim. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Jackson CBB We'll have the film thread out tomorrow uh, talking about this game. Could not get to the one from Tennessee, but also who really wanted to rewatch that game. So, uh, <laughs> but definitely tomorrow morning we'll have the Purdue Marquette thread out as we go about Thanksgiving. I hope everybody you know, safe travels and enjoy your Thanksgiving. I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in through the Maui Tournament. Have coverage on Twitter at Boilers and Stands. Um, and yeah, just we appreciate everybody tuning in. We will see you Tuesday, post game show against Texas Southern.